Dear Jesus, we just thank you for this amazing opportunity we have to gather together this morning, to be inspired by the story of your life being played out in each of the lives of the people in this room, inspired to grow closer together, to be inspired by your story played out through scriptures. We just ask that today, through today's um, teaching, through our sharing and discussion, through our just community and life experienced at the end in discussion circles, that each of us leave today just feeling a new sense of your grace and love and just an empowerment to embody your hands and feet as we, as we take your grace, your peace, your love to our neighborhoods, to our households, to our workplaces, to those places where we live our lives this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I am... Uh, Back in the saddle, I guess, after uh, seven weeks of sabbatical. Seven, I've, been, uh, I've been gone for seven weeks from teaching, at least. We came back about a week and a half ago in town. But Amy and I were in Costa Rica for five weeks. Um, it was an amazing experience of rest, reflection, uh, growth. It was... It was perfect. What a way to disrupt life, to ask the important questions, to rethink some things. Um, one of the things that seems to stand out the most to me uh, from this experience to take back, like what do you talk about your first Sunday back, like what, what do you go into, is that listening and good listening, uh, we can call it the art of listening, or even for today's purposes, I'm going to call it... Um, the discipline of good listening, because I think it is a spiritual discipline to to listen, and that's uh, it has played a role in so many conversations and making it just such a better experience than I was even imagining. We do spiritual disciplines like once every six weeks. About I try to throw them in because we need time to practice and get our head around it before moving on. But there's there's disciplines that we add to our life to practice, to learn, to apprentice, to physically try to take part in being a follower of Jesus, to add these skills to our, our life, to, to embody Jesus himself. Uh, and there's only so much we can do by talking about it, because I really think being a follower of Jesus is more like an apprenticeship. Uh, we can get some from the scriptures, but it's more trying it and then talking about it the next week. How'd that go? It's watching each other. How is Matt putting this into place in his life. How's, how's John? How's Kelly? How's Debbie? Like, how are each of us wrapping our head around this, putting it into our own perspectives, our own lives? What are we taking out of this? How are we learning and growing together? And so, listening. So when I first got married 19 years ago, uh, I'm a storyteller. Like, that was my speech, uh, what do you call it? competition role category in high school. Like, I'm a storyteller. I like to tell stories. I like to embellish stories. I like to make people laugh. Uh, all of these things tend to crowd out the ability to listen. And so we would be hanging out with friends. And Amy is so amazing and gentle and gracious. Afterwards, she'd be like, now, you had a really good time tonight, but I think you did 90% of the talking. And so next time, <laughs> let's let's uh, like, let's, she has like cues, so like, oh, you should listen now, or, and so she really helped hone the art of listening in my life, uh, 
there are different people. I had a, a sales manager once when I was in marketing who, who used to talk to me about, he's like, the one who owns the conversation is not the one talking, it's the person asking the questions. It's like, if you're asking questions, you're, you're deciding where this is going. Is it going down a path we don't want to go, or is it going somewhere that is useful, somewhere that's going to get us to know this person better, deeper? Uh, we have a ton of introverts in this room who don't like having to be the one talking, so you need to learn the art of asking the right questions because if you're asking questions, you really never have to speak more than just a few words and just keep get the next question coming. Or the, the word why is, why tell me more? Like, just add that to your vocabulary. Practice in the mirror in the morning. Why? Tell me more about that. You will fall in love with the sentence because it, it changes everything. Um, when I was on the, this trip, we, we spent five weeks in the same place, this little uh, hostel that had these private, uh, private rooms with a kitchen. And so they also had volunteers from around the world living there at the time. For free stay, they would volunteer and run, run this joint. So we got to know five people from different parts of the country so well. And so I was having a conversation one day with one of them, Amadeo, and he was telling me, he's like, you and Amy stand out so much more than any other guest that's ever been here in the three months that he had been staying there. And I'm like, what makes us so special? And he's like, it's, it's the way that you two listen and ask questions. He says, no one seems to be as interested in our lives as you two are. Everyone else wants to tell everything about themselves, everything about their country, everything, all the wisdom that they've learned, everything. And no one seems interested in, in learning or sharing. And so it just was like, OK. Right away I was like, man, this is like a flashback. 19 years ago I was like the worst at this. And now through practice, someone is saying that this is a skill that they're pulling out as like, this is what's differentiating you from someone else. And really listening, like it's, it made the trip so much different. I thought it'd be so much just inner dialogue, contemplation or conversations with Amy. I didn't anticipate this sense of community and this conversations that we would have that would extend the impact of this trip so much farther. Now, Bloom is a place, Bloom, okay, let's get cheesy with the name, Bloom, is a garden that was birthed from seeds of listening. Before we started the church, the nine months before, I would meet with any living soul who would have coffee with me to be like, what was your spiritual experience like? What was your spiritual community like? What did you like about? What did you not like about? What do you need? I just wanted to listen. I wanted to get so much information that I could. And from these conversations, like, I thought... At the beginning of it, I knew like what church looked like, what we could do, and by the end, I was like, I had no idea what people were looking for, what they were afraid of, what they needed, what was going on, and so it was through listening that we were daring enough to try doing church differently, to uh, make a space where people could share. Uh, we have discussion after the teaching because it's so many times it's, it's what comes out of that space that's more important than something that was shared in the teaching. This is the primer. This is to get our brains spinning and thinking so that we can dialogue and talk and then bring that into our weeks and come back next week and be like, that sucked for me. I'm really bad at listening, I guess, or whatever. Um, but I think, we, I think we all understand this framework of to truly be followers of Jesus. There, there is something to this discipline of being a good listener, of this art of listening that's worth going into today. And so I've got... Uh, five points, and hopefully I can um, go into these in a timely manner to get us to discussion and not talk my way through a conversation I'm listening. And, uh, 
and then we'll see what you guys have to share when we get there. Um, the other thing that's worth mentioning at the beginning is that uh, it's the Lenten season right now. It takes us up to Easter. Uh, I have been a proud participant of something of Lent in the last, well, I guess since almost since Bloom has begun, taking this season of mourning or suffering or understanding into play, the season celebrated by many Christians around the globe. We have a season of celebrating, that's Advent, and we have a season of, of mourning or of suffering or tapping into the suffering of Jesus. And we've got this amazing example in Christ who comes and says, I'm going to do whatever it takes to remove any obstacle that comes between me and my beloved, which is each and every one of us. And he does this by not just waving a magic wand. No, he comes in the form of a human. He says he goes through every trial and temptation so that we have this liberated king who understands, who sympathizes, who realizes what we went through. He wanted to understand more fully the human experience so that it wasn't just mistakes separating us. There wasn't even this emotional side of like how hard it is to combat some of these things. He wanted to physically understand that so that he could sympathize with us, so that it wasn't this far away of a relationship. This is grace. Scripture says faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing this message of Jesus. And the message of Jesus is I'm doing whatever I can do to remove any obstacle from us from having this, this intimacy, this relationship. He wanted to fully understand what we're going through. And so we get this this idea. Now in the past Lenten seasons, we, we've tried to add tasks to our life like uh, people have switched their diet to understand someone who's got less money and maybe only eats rice and beans. Or I've heard of some people would only take the bus or some people fasted going to uh, the internet or Facebook or things like this. Something to jar ourselves from our normal routine so that we could understand someone else differently. Now, putting yourself in someone's shoes, that's, that's a fantastic way to celebrate Lent. But if it doesn't come from this deep down yearning to understand in a trial period of listening. Like, I don't, I don't think there's anything you can even, you can attempt to try without listening. And so for some reason, my prayers around Lent this year really had like listening at the core. Like, if we're not willing to listen to someone else's struggle, to their passions, to their pain, to what's going on, how can I even attempt to live a different way to help me understand this if I'm not willing to listen? And so listening was so key in my own experience, and so kind of why I wanted to share that with you today. Um, I think so many times in our fast-paced world, in our life of selfishness that's revolved around whatever we're thinking about at the time, me, 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 uh, I, I would even define that selfishness as the root of sin, just it's a life revolved around you and not others. We get to this place where our thoughts are more important than the person we're listening to. It's the um, uh, this 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 act of listening, like truly paying attention to what someone's saying, is an art form. It's a discipline. It is something we have to practice. It doesn't come easy. It's not thinking about the cool answer you're going to give to solve their problems, or really not even listening at all. We're thinking about what we have next. I, I, I think we've actually perfected the art of non-listening listening. Oh, yeah, what are you saying? Oh, gotcha. And then Amy's been talking to me for 20 minutes, and then I'll be like, oh, I have no idea what she's been talking about. I don't even know where my brain, like, I don't even know what I was thinking about. 
but I obviously wasn't listening. I, I was somewhere else. And then when you click back in, and she's like, yeah, should we do that then? And you're just like, oh, no. How do you rewind this? How do you go backwards? How do you, like, I was not listening. Like, I, I was in my own mind. I was more important. I wasn't here. I wasn't active. Uh, I think the charter text for listening or this disciple of listening really stems from James chapter 1 where he says, let every one of us be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Such a simple reminder, such a simple principle, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Yet oftentimes when I hear our conversations or when I take a step back and witness my own life, it is 100% the opposite. I am quick to speak slow to listen, and really easy to get annoyed or pissed off or whatever uh, by a situation. And, and this is not this demonstration of what we're supposed to be doing. It's, this is something that we're putting in as a discipline to practice because it's not going to happen overnight. This is something that takes time. Uh, meditation has been, or like mindfulness, like watching how my mind just flutters around has helped me so much to slow down and be like, oh, I'm, I'm getting distracted again. And I've seen it like come into my listening process where it's like, oh shoot, look, you're getting distracted back into the situation. Listen, ask the right conversations, activate God in this situation. Like don't just listen for me, but listen for something bigger than me. What is the spirit of this person trying to say to me right now? What can my answer to this be? Whether it is a solution or whether it's just, and oftentimes just that pat on the back that says I, I, I validate what's going on in your life right now. Um, because I think if we're not really ready to validate or to listen to or affirm, all we're doing is trying to solve, and we're not really listening if you're in problem-solving mode. So the first thing, uh, good listening requires patience. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13 tells us that love is patient. It waits. It doesn't insist on its own needs. It listens. It draws out the conversation. There's something going on. There's this book that Dietrich Bonhoeffer has, Life Together, and there's a chapter in this book, Life Together, that is the ministry of listening, it's called. And so Dietrich says, a kind of listening with half an ear that presumes already to know what the other person has to say. This, he says, is an impatient, inattentive listening that is only waiting for a chance to speak. We're really only giving them half our ears, half our listening, because our attention is divided. It is not on them. It's on us again. How can I save the day? How can I steer this differently? Or the million things I have going on in my life. Um, but good listening silences the phone. Maybe even shuts it, turns it upside down so we're not even looking. It's, it's not paying attention to what's going on. It, it shuts the game off completely if the conversation takes a turn to like, this is a chance to listen. This isn't a chance to be like, oh, we scored and I missed an opportunity to hear something deeper going on in your life. It's a discipline of looking like Jesus and, and taking our life to a different level. Number two, good listening is an act of love. I swear, when I'm a horrible listener, it's, it's like rejecting this other person. It really is horrible to not pay attention and to, to really take in what they're saying and let my mind, like, fully embrace and to, to listen and to feel, to attempt to feel what they're saying, whether it's joy or whether it's pain or whether it's confusion. What is my friend or even stranger in front of me going through right now that they're trying to communicate to me? Uh, Philippians is a fantastic text on this. Philippians 2, 
3 through 5 says, Don't let selfishness and prideful agendas take over. Embrace true humility and lift your heads to extend love to others. Get beyond yourselves in protecting your own interests. Be sincere and secure your neighbor's interests first. In other words, adopt the mindset of Jesus the Anointed and live with his attitude in your hearts. I love how this paragraph ends. As if we should all know that, oh yeah, adopting the attitude and mindset of Jesus is embracing others as, like, as, as higher than ourselves. This act of listening, this true humility that's extending to others before self. This is the mindset. This is where we're getting our inspiration from, from Christ our liberating king, our friend, our lover, our savior, the, the inspiration that we draw our life energy from that causes us to want to live differently, to extend this to others, to make the world a better place. Poor listening seems to diminish another person while good listening invites them to exist, lets them know that they matter, lets them know that you are truly interested in understanding whatever they're trying to share to you. Uh, number three, good listening asks perceptive questions. This is a big piece of it, is learning the right question to ask, learning to just ask questions, learning to dive deeper. You can take any conversation, a game with friends watching football, and start to turn it into something more meaningful, that at the end of this thing, your friendship's not just deeper because you guys cheered and your team won, your friendship's deeper because you actually got into meaningful conversation while watching, while cheering. But there's something deeper that happened. It might have been one question, one answer, where you prodded and found out something you didn't know. You listened. You paid attention. You learned something more about this person you're with. Um, good listening. Ask perceptive. Open end, uh, it doesn't ask open-ended questions. No yes or no. Wait a minute. Am I saying this right? It does ask open-ended questions, right? Wait. How did, yeah. I mean, you wanted to be open-ended. I'm <laughs> overthinking this. Not yes or no questions. You want to... to Draw something out of someone else. Um, you're, it's like peeling the onion to figure out what's on the inside. It's like going a layer and then going a layer deeper. And I'm like, okay, interesting. Why? That's where the why comes in. Lots of whys, guys. Uh, I've read a lot of stuff on introspection before, uh, sabbatical, and uh, one article I was reading said to ask yourself ten whys once you've got to some like thought, like, oh, I wonder if this is the case in my life. I wonder if I'm angry because my dad did this when I was a kid, or I wonder if I'm passionate about this. Ask why. And then whatever the answer to that is, well, why do you think that is? And just keep going deeper. Well, the same thing is with when you're understanding others. Like, you'll get a surface answer at the beginning, but then take it a little another step deeper. Why do you think that is? Why does it make you feel that way? Why do you get passionate about this? Why? Why do you want to quit your job? What, do you, what does it really mean? What do you really want to do? Why do you really want to do that? It starts to go... Deeper. Proverbs was our text, Proverbs 18 from this week, and so if you read, there's a ton of great stuff in there that I'm not sharing, because that's why it was the reading this week, but I'm going to share a couple verses. Proverbs 18, 2, a fool never delights in true knowledge, but only wants to express what's on his mind. This sounds like the American style listening to me. Um, in verse 13, he says, to respond to a matter before you hear about it shows foolishness and brings shame. And in verse 20, it says, good words satisfy like a fine meal. Yes, good conversations are sure to satisfy. There's something life-giving in listening and extending others your ear and really, truly being a part of what's going on in their life. I, I think there's a piece of this that's, that's 
following the spirit of the divine that's on the inside of us, looking for cues, nonverbal cues, to what they're talking about, what they're saying. Is there something deeper than this? Is, is this the right question to ask, or is there something else? Listening to your spirit, like actually tapping the divine into this, like you're a conduit, like you're holding God's hand, and you're holding this person's hand, and saying, like, okay, what are they saying here? What are they trying to do? What can I ask next that will take this, will reveal another layer of the onion that will take this to the next level? Or is it not time yet? Do we need to couch this and send them flowers next week and be like, hey, I still was thinking about what you were saying. I want to get together again. I want to find out why you felt that way. Maybe it wasn't the right moment to go deeper, but you knew that, okay, I'm, we're, we're coming back to this. Um, I think there's this, a meekness that draws out and helps the person you're listening to find fresh perspective that's already on the inside of them. It's not you giving them the answers. It's you helping them find the answers on the inside. Get them to look deeper. Get them to talk more. Get them to find out what's in there because the answer is in there. We're just afraid of it sometimes or we're, we just need someone's help to guide us along and walk us down that path. But that doesn't mean the answer's coming from you. It's you're taking them on a journey of somewhere else. Um, questions to ask. What are you passionate about? What are you excited about right now? What are you struggling with right now? Like these are fantastic ways to start even the smallest quick conversations. And it's something that we practice every freaking Sunday. When we do circles at the end, there's a reason we ask what you're thankful for, what you're excited about. It's starting to draw out these important conversation starters that should be everywhere in our life. What are you praying about? What are you nervous about? What is going on in your life that you need, that you're struggling with? These things we practice it. We're getting used to talking about it together so that when we're in the world, when we're with strangers, with our neighbor, with our coworkers, with our mom or dad, lover, whoever, that we're already ready. These questions are built into life. Like, I'm ready to start going deeper. I'm ready to listen and find out what's going on. I'm ready to be a part of your journey with you. Um, number four, good listening is a ministry. And this is from Bonhoeffer. He says to see it as a ministry. He says to see it as possibly the best ministry that you can perform on this earth is the ministry of listening, this art of listening, this discipline, this, this, this practice of active listening to someone. He says, listening can be the greatest service that you can offer much more than speaking. Sometimes we're like, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start shedding Bible verses on someone. Or I'm the one that's like, oh, you should quit your job. Or like, Maybe you just need to shut up and help them just know that they already have the answer on the inside. That's so much the job of a pastor. So you come to me with questions like, oh, you should do this or that. Well, then anytime you have a, a question in life, you're going to call me? Like, that's going to set me up for re early retirement. We'll just call it that. Because that's impossible. But to tell you that it's already there and to help you find it, like, that's the key. To start looking on the inside and I'm here for you. You've got to cry at nighttime. You're pissed off because it didn't work. It doesn't seem like things go. Let's call me up. Let's go grab a beer. Let's talk about it. Let's let you flush this out, but you've got the answers on the inside. Um, the best ministry you might do today is to listen to someone's pain all the way to the bottom. Not just like, ooh, that sucks, you don't like your job. Why don't you like it? What is going on in life right now that makes you think you need something different? What is going on in the inside of you that you're not following up on, that you are excited about? How can I help you get there? Good listening diffuses emotions sometimes because we get caught up in this emotional spiral. And it's like, hey, let's just slow down. I'm so sorry, this is hard, a hug, like tell me more. It starts getting beyond the, the just 
emotional spiral and back to like what's going on here, what's deeper, what's causing this, what's on the inside. Releasing these emotions are powerful and needed, and so it's not just saying don't cry. Maybe it's it's the hug that lets the crying out, and maybe all you do together is cry for 15 minutes. But seriously, that is so healing and beautiful and amazing at times. That might be just what the person needs. Um, so many times, if you actually start practicing this, you're going to find more people that want to share with you, that want to let you minister to them, because it is hard to find someone who actually listens, who isn't giving an answer. I've had to really work on not fixing everything for my wife. When she comes, like, my default answer would be, I am so sorry this is happening to you, and a hug, not, here's what you should do about it, like I did for way too many years. And that does not work. I promise you that does not work. 99 point, keep going, degrees. Um, Proverbs 20, 20, verse 5 says, The real motives come from deep within a person, as from deep waters. But a discerning person is able to draw them up and expose them. This is active listening. What's deeper? What's causing this? What's on the inside of your onion? What's going on here that we can find? A discerning person is willing to go to these depths, to draw out what's going on. Um... I think a key to this is putting more emphasis on affirmation than on answers. Affirming, loving, hugging, listening, and slowing down. We're so quick to give an answer. We're so excited that we have an answer in our brain and this is going to solve everything. That we just have to get it out. And that, that action alone is taking so much of our attention and distracting us from really paying attention to someone. Number five, good listening uh, reflects our relationship with God. Uh, and this one was pretty interesting to me because, uh, where did my notes run off to here? Uh, again, I took this from Dietrich, we'll call him because we're good buddies now after reading his book. Um, this inability to listen to someone might easily be a reflection of your relationship towards God as well. You're the only one talking. Your prayers are going all the time, but we're never spending any time listening. We're never slowing down. We're never actively listening to what the spirit on the inside of us is saying. We'll read 14 chapters of the Bible and spend hours on it, but won't spend five minutes just slowing our freaking brain down and be like, what are you trying to tell me through this? How the hell does this relate to everyday life? Which is the most important question to ask, but we, we just keep racing on thinking that, I got this, I'll figure it out. Or this doesn't make any sense and we just trash it and say this is just old and doesn't apply to me because we're not really willing to engage the process. Um, Bonhoeffer says, he who can no longer listen to his brother will soon be no longer listening to God either. He'll be doing nothing but prattle in the presence of God. This is the beginning of the death of the spiritual life. Anyone who thinks that his time is too valuable to spend keeping quiet will eventually have no time for God or his brother, but only for himself and for his own follies. I thought that was like, drop the mic, good. Um, good listening requires patience. It's an act of love. It asks perceptive questions. It's a ministry. It reflects on our relationship with God. I think the biggest takeaways from this is the, the, the learning to have patience. 
when, when, you're, when you're listening to someone. Maybe put these on a laminated sticky note in your pocket. It requires your full attention. It requires humility. You not thinking that you are God's gift to this person and your answer will solve everything they need. It comes equipped already with good questions to ask. It's, it's, it's already been practicing how this works. And it's affirming love and it's not trying to solve all the problems. This is something that's super important to a spiritual community like ours. If we really are in community together, if we're doing this together, if this isn't just a place to listen to a good message, but it's a place to engage and to live life together, to actually be the hands and feet of Jesus, to see each other as brothers and sisters, to be involved in each other's life, it means that grace, God's amazing grace, is going to be shown and through this demonstration of listening and affirming and being there for one another. This is true Christian fellowship. This is what it means to be in community together. It's not just, it's a channel where we're going to see God really pour out grace and love. We'll see a, a togetherness form, a, a knitting, a unity that we can't find anywhere else. But it's going to have to come from an open honesty that, that what you need and what you need from the divine and the, list, the ear you need might be sitting next to you. They might be older than you. They might be dirt young. They might have come from a way different background. Uh, they they could be the opposite of you, but that ear is the ear that you need right now. Or that advice, and it might be advice, that perspective shift from a person whose situation is so different from yours, but done from an act of love as someone who really thinks of your needs before themselves. This might be the best place for you to experience a, an embrace with God that you've never, uh, you never really can find somewhere else unless you truly dive into community together. Um, I think it's one of the hardest things we, we can learn to do as a community. It takes the most time, the most effort. Again, it reflects on our busy schedule. We have to make time to do this. But I think we seriously need to readjust our lifestyles to allow for this. Because if it's not there, then I really have to stress and ask the question, are you a follower of Jesus? You might be saved by Jesus. You might be able to wear the Christian hat, but are you truly engaging the process of following his example, the way of really experiencing a different kind of life and extending that, that kind of life, the kingdom of heaven, to someone else? Let's pray, and then we'll get into discussion questions. God, we just thank you for this amazing message that this young man gave this morning. Uh, we just ask that you just help it to cause some great discussion between us, cause us to grow closer as a community, help us to find little ways to remind ourselves of this as we take it into our week. We want to be your ears, the ears of Jesus himself. We want to usher in your love, your grace, your peace into every conversation that we enter into this next week, these months ahead of us the six weeks before we decide to tackle another spiritual discipline to try. We need your help. We ask you to just draw us closer in Jesus' name.